stuff in there uh, for mobilizing people yeah. to get them on mission. That, that's a good word. Yeah. Y'all realize we just have an hour, uh, so I know that sounds that may scare you that I just said that, but I will hold true to our hour. Um, but I also the tools that we use they're online, and I I, I need to show you and not just tell you. So we'll actually do some online stuff. When you leave, you'll have everything you need to get started. Uh, I'll be here all day, so if any of you want to, you know, like your early adopters, you want to jump in, uh, you got any problems, I'll be around to kind of help you with it. Yes, I am. How are you? Thank you for being a good name. Okay. Come on in. Any other focus you came in to fill in the blank? Any other any other focus? Let's just say we know what we should do. Now we want to know what we need to do. Okay. All right. So Mike Dodson, uh, raise your hand if you know Mike. So Mike and I serve on the same team. Both of us live in North Carolina. So although we work for North American Mission Board, uh, we're here in the state. I've been a pastor for 31 years, uh, and I've spent my entire life, except for two years, two and a half years, uh, I've spent my whole life in North Carolina. So you can tell by the way I talk, I've been from Charlotte West, uh, not from Charlotte East. Uh, those of you that do not talk like me, you may be a transplant, or you may live in the eastern side of North Carolina. <laughs> So uh, I lived uh, two and a half years in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, and that's really where I started my formal relationship with NAM. Uh, my wife and I went up self-funded uh, to do training, and during that process we met uh, NAM leaders and uh, ended up being employed by them. An amazing journey. Um, but I've, I've been with NAM the last six years, uh, and uh, again, pastored 31 years. Uh, Mike serves, again, on my team. Uh, but he has been a professor at Southeastern. He was on campus for nine years formally with us, uh, but he still works uh, through their doctoral program. I don't know if you want to share anything else with that. or. Um, yeah, I was a mobilization missionary on the Southeastern campus for about nine, ten years, and then moved on to the multiplication pipeline team with Marcus, and now we're regional equippers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, yeah, just uh, my family and I, and my wife and I just moved to uh, Southeast of Clayton, and that's where we live, joined a church plant there, and um, getting, getting a, just started the, basically we're just starting the MPNS years, and um, so our youngest is um, at UNCW, so enjoying that process mostly, um, so, but anyway, glad you all are here. I had my first grandbaby two weeks ago, I have pictures, I did not put them in the PowerPoint, but I would love to show you afterwards if you'd like. Right. I'm, I'm shocked. Hey, I, I know. It's, it's, he puts up with them all the time. Let me pray for us. Let's jump in. Father, I do pray that uh, we'd be reminded in this moment we were created by you and for you. And uh, Lord, guard my, my thoughts and my, my words that uh, I would only speak those things that you would have me to. And uh, Lord, may we receive what you're trying to say to us, not just in this room, uh, but in this day, in this moment of time that... Uh, we get to be your servants. So thank you so much for giving us life today and the help to be able to be here. But uh, help us right now to surrender all we are to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, hey, I'm, you know sometimes you go into a breakout and they don't cover what you want them to cover. I'm not going to do that, so just give me one second. Uh, over the last three months, I have been tremendously stirred. We did a couple of year survey at NAM to try to find out what is it that causes, what's the greatest hindrance in church plants that are healthy and churches that are healthy. Uh, anybody got to guess what the number one cause of unhealthy church plants and or churches? All right. Deacons? Uh, <laughs> all right, so that, that could be an evidence of what I'm getting ready to say. Uh, emotional, spiritual health uh, is the number one cause. If you've never studied that, uh, I would highly encourage you. Uh, some of our tools cover that subject, but I would highly encourage you to find somebody that can help you understand what spiritual health means emotional spiritual health biblically uh, so maybe if you're one of these uh, now that's a bunch of psycho babble uh, God gave us our emotions for a purpose 
And uh, so let me say this, and I'm going to move. Uh, if you say, my people don't want to be discipled, uh, you may be in a very unhealthy emotional state, spiritual state that you have given up. All right? If we don't believe that God still heals and restores, uh, then we just need to go back to Him. I'm not saying go quit. I'm just saying go back to Him because He is the healer and the restorer. And I'm so thankful that He had to do that in me every day of my life. That's why I have to pray things like I prayed at the very beginning. All right? So uh, I, want, I want to encourage you this morning. Uh, let's just, just jump straight in. At Send Network, uh, th this is our vision statement, all right? Uh, we long to see healthy, multiplying churches in every community across North America. So your question should be, well, what is a healthy, multiplying church? So it's churches that discover, develop, and deploy missional leaders and church planting teams from within. By the way, uh, again, I've been a pastor 31 years, and during that time, uh, church planting should happen uh, when churches are growing and they expand. Sometimes that's not how church plants happen. Uh, and so you've got your opinion, I got mine, and I'm going to leave that alone, right? Uh, but, but do you discover, do you develop, and do you deploy? So let's break that down. I'll say it a little bit different. Do you have an intentional process in place that you can discover people, all right? So I'm not just talking about any people. I'm talking about the people that God puts in your path. So as you're going to make disciples, well, part of your going, I hope, would be within your church family, right? So do you have an intentional process? process in place that you discover people uh, and where they are in their mission of living so that you can develop them through a strategic plan. So you got to ask yourself the questions, are you intentional discovering? If you did, would you have a strategic plan to be able to help them to grow? To grow to do what? To deploy them to their next place of service. Now here's our problem. When we say that as North American Mission Board, oftentimes it's taken, ah, oh, we know what you want to do. Uh, you want to send people out of our church and go somewhere else to plant a church. Uh, they may go across the street. They may be the greatest small group leader, Sunday school teacher in your, but they ought to be deployed to take the gospel. And Jesus said that. I didn't. Teach them to observe everything that I've commanded. What did he command? Love him and love people. Uh, and therefore, it's going to draw all men unto himself. So uh, as we think through this, uh, the whole purpose of this group time together is just to say to you, we've got some tools that may help you with this process. All right. If you already got a process, we may have some tools that would help your process be a little bit better. Again, I've been pastoring 31 years. Uh, I'm using these tools, but not in their pure form. Why? Because I'm old. Uh, and I've done a whole bunch of stuff for 30 years, and I'm beefing up what I do through some of the process that Nam gives me uh, as a pastor. So I just want to jump in. I want to transition, uh, and before I do, I'm, I'm actually going to sit down at my computer, and uh, you'll get to look at the screen, and you won't have to look at me. It'll be amazing. It's going to be so much better. I'll even turn my chair around if I need to. But... Uh, <laughs> But as I do so, uh, what you're going to see, it's an online training tool. Now, some of you guys, uh, you're instantly going to shut off and say, ah, that looks technical. I don't think I want to do it. Uh, I beg you that if God stirs your heart to look at these tools, uh, give us somebody in your church family that likes to be on the computer, and we'll train them. All right? Now, I'm not trying to mean say that facetiously or negative or mean-spirited, uh, but just because you don't like to work on a computer doesn't mean the rest of the world doesn't. You got young people and you got folks the outside of your congregation uh, that they stay on a computer 24-7. They stay on a cell phone 24-7. So the tool I'm getting ready to show you, whether you use a, a laptop, a desktop, a, a cell phone, a tablet, uh, it'll work on anything. All these tools are completely free to any Southern Baptist church. Um, and so the distribution of the training, it just makes it convenient for your people. So for instance, we use uh, podcast. We use videos embedded within the training. Um, I don't watch the videos. I listen to them when I'm in my vehicle. So I just listen to, through my Bluetooth. It's very convenient. I don't have to just sit and watch a screen. But because it's portable, uh, it, it's easy for me, for me to get my hands on. So uh, what we've done is that we have taken content that we believe uh, would assist a local church in mobilizing their people uh, and basically collected all of that content uh, in what's called a learning management system. Now, I don't know if, if you guys know what that is, but it's basically, uh, those of y'all that are old like me, the, the old-timey, you just had files on a computer, and you had all these uh, Word documents or PDF, and there are just dozens of them, and you're trying to find, hey, what did I do with that, and what did I do with this? Or maybe it's a book on your library shelf, uh, and you're not good at, at uh, categorizing them well, and you can't find the book, right? A learning management system takes training and it organizes it for you, all right? 
And so the tool itself, you can use uh, words. So it may be a, a, a PDF of a chapter summary. Uh, it could be a video. It could be a podcast. It's different types of media. But it gives you an opportunity not only to, to see and hear content, but to respond to that content. So if, for instance, uh, one of your members may go through a lesson, and in that lesson uh, they learn some things, and then you ask them several questions to see whether or not they actually understood what they read. You, in turn, are able to see how they answer those questions. Why would you want to do that? Because you're trying to interact with them. Uh, and although you're doing it electronically, you can keep up with where they're going. So these tools, uh, again, are, are totally online. What I want to do is show you the example uh, from a pastor's chair. Um, no pun intended as I sit down. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go into uh, my, my church account and, um, and just, just walk you through what it looks like. So... Uh, as, as you look at this, this page, you'll notice Salem Baptist Church, uh, that's a 138-year-old church uh, in Lincolnton, North Carolina. Does anybody know where Lincolnton is? Just above, wow, I cannot believe that. Uh, so just above Charlotte. But, uh, so in this church, uh, they've gone through kind of a, a, a period before COVID even uh, that they had declined. And so uh, I'm, I'm a volunteer pastor of that church, have been since just prior to COVID. And um, so as you look at the portal, uh, you're going to notice several things, three circles training, you know, that, that sounds very familiar to you, uh, emotional, spiritual health. These are courses that I've been able to pull from North American Mission Board uh, into my account. So let me try to paint the picture for you for a moment. If you were to use this tool, uh, you would create a, an account for your church and it's totally free. Basically what we've done is North American Mission Board, we, we have uh, worked a, uh, a contract with this company that any of our churches are able to create a free account, but then they're able to get to our library. So in other words, it's your church's library, but you have access to pull our stuff across. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So let me give you just a little bit of an idea what that looks like. Um, if I'm, for instance, in my training and in my training library, uh, you, you, can, you can look through, I've got all types of different uh, courses, some that I have created. If you want to create your own content, uh, then you actually would have to have a paid account, which I'll, I'll talk to you about. Please do not let that last statement mess you up. But everything that we've got, dozens and dozens and dozens of courses from North American Mission Board, you take them and you edit them any way you want to. So let's pretend that you're looking at one of our trainings. Uh, it's got uh, a pastor on there that you don't like, then just delete him. It's exciting, I know. Uh, let's say, on the other hand, the topic is something you just preached a sermon series on. And although you like some of our content, you like your sermon better for a starter. Drop your sermon in. So it's totally editable. You can do anything that you want to. Um, and so as you look at the, the content, I'm in my, my church library. Uh, I'll simply go into Making Disciples. What it would look like uh, for your people is that they would come into uh, a, th this is one of our, our standard courses, when you go into the introductory session, uh, then notice you've got notes for learners and leaders. Uh, we have created uh, for the leaders an actual handout that we call the coach guide. So the purpose of this is as your people go through content, uh, we say make sure that you're coaching them through that content. Why would we do that? Because we believe that transformation is the issue and not just information dumps. In other words, it's not just giving them course information, uh, but walk alongside them to help them in their next step of mobilization. And so th the reason I want to show you this is that there, it, there's nothing for you to create from scratch. Uh, it's all ready for you. Now, that could be very beneficial, but those of you that like your own stuff, you're saying, well, I don't want you to box me in. Well, that's great. Then just take all of our stuff and change it however you need to change it. All right, so he here's what it looks like. Um, when I'm, as a pastor, when I need uh, content, uh, I can simply go to uh, my, what we call our homepage. When I go to the Teach tab, I'm simply able to go to uh, the new cohort. Notice that there's a bar that says Get from Send Network Resource Library. When I do that, what you're looking at currently is just the, the Send Network Library. So there's dozens and dozens of courses. Uh, if I choose to get into a specific, for instance, I'll go to church planning, then you'll notice that they're just, there's all kinds of courses that are available to me. Uh, and these are not, the ones you're looking at now are church planning specific, uh, but there are all types of courses, evangelism, coaching, there's all kinds of different things to help your people take their next missional step. 
So in looking at this, uh, it, it gives you a chance that you just pull, simply pull a course across. I'm not going to do that because I'm, I'm not going to waste your time as a download. But again, uh, once you've downloaded any course, then you're able to open that course. This is what a pathway looks like. You can see that there's, you've got uh, video, you've got uh, uh, PDFs that you can look at. Uh, but when, if you, there's a design tab for you, and if you so choose, uh, that you can go to any portion of this and just simply edit and add to or to take away. So you'll notice at the top, uh, if I want to change any of this, that I can change it. So the, the tool itself, uh, this is a, a very fast overview. The best thing you can do is if you're interested, the, the card that was on your uh, seat when you sat down, uh, on the multiplication pipeline side of that card, there's a QR code you can scan. There's also it gives you the URL to go to the website and just simply register and you would go create your account. Now the reason I'm saying that, uh, I'm going to shift in just a moment and actually talk about how could you potentially use the tool inside of your church to develop people. But as far as you getting the tool, uh, it really is as simple as you registering and then someone like Mike and I, which it would be one of us, uh, we would just simply come alongside you and we would need to listen to your story. The reason I started by saying why did you come is because everybody in here is at a different spot. Your church is at a different spot. You're thinking different things. And there's no way you could come in here and me say everything that hits everybody. Because some of y'all are, you know, you're way up here trying to disciple a bunch of people. Some of you are struggling and you're concerned as whether or not your church is even going to make it. And so basically what we do when you register is that we get on a call with you and we talk through, hey, how could we basically help you to take that next step and then try to relate that to the tools. Does that make sense? So before I get into the actual uh, potential of next steps, I'm going to stand up for just a minute. Uh, questions, anything at all, or Mike, maybe anything that you'd want to give just about the tool itself. All I showed you was just this happens to be the, the Sin Network Resource Library that you get into your local church, and then you use our content any way you wish. Any questions or clarifications? Yes, sir. Some of these videos, are they like 30 minutes, an hour long, 45 minutes, 20 the, minutes? They vary. Okay. So as I get into the content, just a few, are y'all hot? I, I just, yeah. Uh, I, I know we're supposed to leave our door closed, but anyway. If that police officer comes, so you deal with him, brother. If you All right. So uh, the, the content varies. Uh, when I show you the, the, the pathway, uh, we, we have what we call our multiplication pipeline, and they, they're usually an hour and a half to two hours worth of work a week. Um, and so although some of their videos may be a little bit longer, at least it gives you a visual that if I ask my people to do this, right. this is what it's gonna take them in a week's worth of work. Uh, but now there are other courses that are much longer. If you, for instance, get into uh, an actual church planning uh, of the third level of our multiplication pipeline, it's equipping somebody for that step. So like there's, there's a preaching section that they would, they would put much more time in that. Uh, even the emo emotional spiritual health modules, uh, that's in the third section. But and I'm equipping uh, our Sunday school teachers, trying to help them and our staff. Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be doing all of the church planning stuff, right? But yeah, that's it. yeah. In other words, you'd stay completely out of that. And I'm going to show you in the path of that. Your questions. That's where everybody in this room is going to get to because I work with Nam, and you're going to be scared to death to say, "Man, I'm not putting my people in that. I know what they're up to." Uh, you'll see when you get the tools that you really can, for instance, I've got a Sunday school class, uh, senior ladies who came to me maybe eight months ago and said, uh, Pastor, you, do you have anything that would help us understand how to better study our Bibles? Mm -hmm. And I, it was my senior, one of my senior adult ladies Sunday school classes, I kid you not. Uh, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Number one, I, I was surprised that they asked that question. And then number two, I was thrilled with the fact that when I assigned them uh, Bible fluency, which is one of those courses, that they actually went through that together, and it was absolutely amazing. Now, granted, uh, they did it a little bit different than I would do it, uh, but it was content that they could take. The other thing is our brother asked the question about length. Please remember, you can eliminate, like if you look at that and say, that is way too much content for my people, then either delete some of it or break it out. It may be a four-week course, turn it into an eight-week course. You can do that. It's yours to do it as you please. So it is so easy to contextualize. Um, there are churches that totally brand just for their church. So you saw my church name at the top. 
Uh, but you can go back through and rename things, whatever you want to name it. Uh, I've got pastors that are using this even in their assimilation process and pulling pieces out. Uh, and so there may just be a single video that they want to use to just to encourage people as they first come into the church. Uh, and they're not actually taking somebody through that course, but they pull that and they use it in a different setting. Uh, is that helpful? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, other questions? Anybody at all? So I'm an achiever. If y'all do strength finder, so you've got to be careful. Sometimes you're wanting to ask a question, and I'm trying to look at y'all's faces. Uh, but you can tell by looking at me that I'm saying I'm getting ready to do my next thing. All right. So, so if I ask you a question and I don't give you the time to answer it, then you know just just wave me down. Uh, here's my biggest dilemma when we think about mobilizing people. Uh, the church today does not think mobilization; they think gathering. Right. So we've gone through the church growth movement. Uh, you know, it, it, how do you get people to come and stay? That that's our deal. Well, the problem is. Jesus told us to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. That's our job. That's what the church ought to do. But to do the work of the ministry means you actually take the gospel to somebody else. Uh, whether we want to say this out loud or not, the average church in America, that is not what they think. They don't think, well, you come to our church so we can send you out and take the gospel. Now, I don't mean send you out to England. I, I mean just send you out in your community just to go take the gospel to your neighbor. Now, we got to own that. Right? I mean, we, we've got to own that as churches. Um, so I can blame that on anybody I want to, but when God called me to be the pastor at Salem Baptist Church in Lincoln, North Carolina, I'm accountable for what's being done in that church. Did I inherit some things? Sure I did. Uh, but I also did when I married my wife. Uh, right? Right? <laughs> they are recording this. So, right? uh, but but we, when we inherit things, either we believe God put us in that moment because he wants to do something through us, or we shouldn't be there. Right, so as I look at my people, I have to find the balance between uh, how do I how do I start where we are, and then help them go to where Jesus said we ought to go. Now, y'all, you're not there either, and I'm not there either. I'm 56 years old, and I really did think that by the time I got to be this age, that I would have everything down pat, <laughs> and uh, I don't. So every morning when I wake up, I have to say, Lord, help me. Uh, you know, I know you're sanctifying me, but show me what you want to do today. Uh, you got to think that way about yourself. you got to think that way about your people. So the question, because we're not mobilizing people, that's not the mindset. Uh, you will not stand in the pulpit and say, hey, if you're visiting with us today, we're so glad you're here. We're going to wait to see how we can send you out somewhere else. Uh, nobody's going to say that. Uh, but it's like, hey, what do you like? Uh, yeah, we got small groups. That would, yeah, we got children's ministry. This is, we're always trying to do something that would try to help them to stay because we don't want to lose them, right? Just being honest. So how do you start a conversation with someone to help them take that next step? Some people ask me, hey, is the tools you give, is that for new Christians? Uh, some of the content could be. But this is for mobilization, right? So uh, I hope that you've already got something in place that when somebody first comes to faith in Christ, that you strategically walk them through a pathway. If you would say back to me, no, we really don't then that's another conversation Mike and I would have. We've got some great uh, resources we can point you towards. But, but what we're talking about is how do you help that Christian take their next step in mission of living? So if I'm going to walk up to Mike and say, uh, hey, where are you in, in actually taking the gospel to others? That's an awkward conversation oftentimes, right? So uh, what we've done in North American Mission Board is we developed uh, basically just a survey. So I'm going to switch gears for a minute, and instead of talking about a library with dozens of things, I want to talk about just one specific strategic tool that we use, uh, and, and I, I use it in our church. Right now I've got four guys that I'm personally working with, uh, and so I'm, I'm speaking with Mike, and I'm, I'm needing to ask the question, where are you in your journey of living your life on mission? What I'm able to do is give him what we call a pipeline survey. So on, in, in your chair, if you'll take just a minute, the second sheet, so you had a card on top, had a sheet was next, and then behind there, uh, you've actually got uh, another sheet that, that talks about the pipeline survey. You can't read those graphics well. I gave you this so you would remember what I talked about. All right? I'm going to sit back down and I'm going to walk through the conversation with how would I now begin a conversation with Mike to try to help him take that next step. So if you'll notice at the top of the page, 
uh, all I did was switch into a program that, uh, that we actually call our missionary admin platform. Now that's what we use in assessing church planners and all kinds of stuff. What we've done is that we've opened this up that we can give a church their own account. So in other words, uh, as a pastor, I am able to invite my people in to a totally different kind of survey. It takes 30 minutes. It does not cost the church a penny. It does not cost the members a penny. But it gives a little 30-minute survey, and it tells me two things about them. Once someone has taken, I just wanted to show you the portal, because when you invite someone as a pastor, uh, they show up in your portal, and at any time you can just simply go. I'll, I'll show you one of my guys. Matter of fact, this is, don't tell anybody, but this is the guy. We're going to look at his survey in just a second. One, this is one of my church members. Once they've taken it, I just go to their dashboard, and then it gives me the, uh, the PDF that I can download, and I can actually see the results uh, right here. By the way, just as any of you that may work with Spanish-speaking, uh, you can take and or read in English or Spanish. So here's the beauty. If you've got a, a, a bilingual church situation, then uh, the pastor, maybe he speaks English, but he's got a, a Spanish-speaking member that needs to take the survey. They can take it in Spanish. He can read it in English. Uh, it's absolutely wonderful. It's a great tool. So once you've taken that, again, it shows up on the dashboard. And uh, th this is what the survey looks like. The very top of it to me is, is one of the most important pieces because when I look at this, I'm, I'm immediately able to see they're in one of three categories. A learner is somebody that we would say they're needing to learn how to live their life on mission. If Mike scored in this category, then I know he would need things like evangelism and Bible fluency and spiritual formation. He needs to learn what is it, how did God wire me? Uh, how would I take the gospel to other people? So that's, that's the category that he's in. On the other hand, if he would score in the leader category, it means he, he's living his life on mission. In other words, based on the way he answered those questions, he is taking the gospel to others. But he needs to learn how to do that in the lives of other people. In other words, how does he equip others to live their life on mission? A multiplier is somebody that's probably going to be an overseer of some type of a new ministry. Now, yes, it could be a church planter, but the reality is it may be, you know, one of our guys just uh, went to the local homeless shelter and started a whole new ministry. Now he's got a group of six people and they do a weekly rotation. Uh, a beautiful picture, but he is a multiplier. He is a leader of leaders. Um, and so how did I find that out? And I did that by surveying. So based on how they answer, it helps me know where they are in their process. Now, why would I do that? Well, I would do it because I want to know how to train them to take their next step. I don't want to just take them to another class because I organized it and I want to try to get enough members to come to it. Does that make sense? There's a lot of difference in offering a class and developing people. And I'm not saying you can't just run classes and run people through them, but I beg you, if that's the way you do your training, please don't do that generically. Know who's coming, what's the end result of that class, and go to them after it's over and ask them whether or not they met that expectation. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So in this, you're immediately trying to see where are they in their development process of living their life on mission. Uh, the second thing that it does is it gives you their disc type. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that, uh, but disc is kind of like a, a lower level personality test that relates to ministry. That's the best way I know how to say it. So again, this is totally free, uh, but it helps you get a little bit of a picture of where they are in their mission of living and uh, what disc type they are. Now, in saying that, uh, you know, you're immediately going to start asking questions. Well, that's fine, but I have no idea how to even read this thing. So what happens, I'm not going to do this because we're going to run out of time. Uh, I simply go back to my church training account, and there is a little mini course that I'm able to pull across into my church account, and it gives me cheat sheets to know exactly how to read this thing and how to have a conversation with my people. So uh, I pulled, for instance, this, this John Doe uh, is a disc type I. I simply pulled this PDF, uh, and it came from the, the course that I got from the network in my church account. I pulled down this two-page beautiful summary. Why do I need that? Because I actually emailed this to my member, and I said, hey, read through this. This is how God wired you. Let's talk about what that might mean in your ministry. So it gives me a great conversation piece. So you all following what I'm saying? That, it, that now, instead of just saying, you know, hey, don't you want to serve Jesus and take the gospel somewhere? Now I'm trying to help them to discover how God created them. Y'all, we're all different. And if we don't identify that, everybody's not going to be like you. And so as you look at the different di uh, disc types, 
then it just walks you through how you could potentially share that with them and open up that conversation of their next step. So in saying this, uh, I'm, I'm able to give that to them ahead of time. This is just the way I do it as a pastor. Uh, I email them this PDF. I say, hey, please read through this. Write down any questions or things that may excite you, and we'll sit down and talk through it. That's just the way I do it. I want to talk to them. I want to hear what God's doing in their life. The second part, if you remember, in the report, uh, you saw the big scale of where he scored. Uh, the reality is that that comes from our scoring of four different categories, vision, multiplication, leadership, and character. But again, you don't know what to do with that. So that comes to the bottom, and that's where our subcategory scoring is. Uh, and what it does for me, anything that's in red, it says, hey, your member needs to grow in this particular area. See what it's doing? It's starting to narrow this down. Uh, I know that he's in the leader category, but I have no idea where he scored low in, what types of trainings may help him to grow. So this is helping me to know the categories. We don't know the definition, so down at the bottom, there's a, just a static glossary. So now I know that uh, he scored low in adapter. So when it comes to his ability to respond with flexibility to opportunities, threats, and challenges, he's going to struggle with that, right? I mean, that's, that's what the report is helping me with. I could say that to him, but again, what do I do with that? How do I help him take that next step? So again, all I do is I go back to my little course, uh, I pull down the next uh, document, and this is basically a cross-reference. It takes every one of those subcategory scores, and it says, now here are some courses that North American Mission Board has created that would help this person grow in this particular pathway. Are, are y'all following me? So I, I know it, it got really warm in here, and uh, I don't want to lose you. I'm trying to see your eyeballs. So, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I'm a people person, so if I think I'm losing you, I'm going to drive me crazy. Uh, so all we're doing, survey, where are you? Here's some courses that we could take that would help you grow in that particular area. It's a very systematic way of walking a person through and not just a big group of people. Now, the reason that I think this is critical is because when I get somebody that scores this high, in other words, if they score in that leader category, I mean, their biggest need is to actually begin walking other people through the journey. So I get a coach that's in that category and they coach a person that's further behind them. So you got somebody that's more in the learner category, you get a leader to coach them. You don't have to worry about whether or not they'll know how. There's coach training. There's coach guide to help them take that next step. So what you're doing, you're mobilizing your people to start discipling in the atmosphere where they're the most comfortable. It's with their local church member. I mean, right? Does that make sense? So you're, you're starting the process of multiplication, but you're starting with the people that are inside your congregation. To which you may say to me, yeah, but where are we going to deploy them? Uh, they, they're going to study those topics as they go through the pathway and they'll deal with calling. And when they get to the calling piece, the Spirit of God will help them to understand where they need to be, right? Our problem oftentimes is we go design some ministry and we try to shame people into going and doing it. And the reality is just because it's your idea and you think it's a good one, uh, maybe there's nobody in the church that has that same burden. And so you're constantly just trying to browbeat people into we need to go do this, right? I mean, so anyway, that's, that's probably not that need to be said. I've been a pastor a long time, so I can say that to me. So I want you to see that in, in the tools that we have, we do have strategic ways that we can help you. But depending on where you are, you know, some of y'all, you're saying, man, this is, this is way too deep. You know, I just wasted an hour of my time coming in a meeting. Uh, I don't need this stuff. There are tools that we have that were created simply for small groups or Sunday school classes. You can print those off in PDF. Uh, so, for instance, one is called Starting Point, and uh, it's just a 90-page PDF. It takes 10 weeks to go through it, and it's designed like any other small group curriculum would be designed. Uh, your members go through five days worth of training uh, and then they come back together and they discuss four or five questions and those topics are dealing with how are we going to get the gospel to our neighbor, right? So some of you would say, man, I'm just not there to take people through strategically one-on-one -on -one, or uh, I'm not ready to do some online training. But the real question we got to deal with today is are we willing to equip our people to take their next step missionally? Are we willing to deploy them into whatever God's called them to? Uh, if so, we really do want to help you with that. That is our mission, uh, that, that's, that's our calling, and that's our, our desire for the local church. We do believe that churches plant churches, and we believe that churches are called to equip their people. Yes, sir? As you launch this, how many can you, as the pastor, effectively do this with? 
So I know you got the, the kind of top-down platform where you get coaches and that sort of thing. But yeah. to begin it, how many do you start with? I, I just do a guy at a time in the room. The most I've ever done is three. So my first group at Salem, it was three guys, one of which is, is now, which is not really, it sounds like I, it's a gimmick. I wish he was here. But but the, one of the guys, actually my associate pastor, I'm not paid at the church. I'm a volunteer pastor. And uh, those of y'all that are pastors know you can't do that long because you can't, I mean, I, I travel, I train like this all the time. So I couldn't be the regular pastor. Uh, so God gave me, out of those three guys, uh, one of them, he was a district manager uh, for a car wash agency. And uh, so it's been two and a half years, I guess, now. But during that period of time, I mean, he, is, he has since left his job, and he's a full-time associate pastor. He covers everything day to day. But he was in a group of three. Two of those guys, um, one left to go be an associate pastor at another church. The other one's still in our church family. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, he's in the middle of having his second baby, his wife is. Uh, and so they're kind of trying to see what next steps look like. Uh, but that's the only group, and the only reason I did that, all three of them were really high-level leaders. They scored ridiculously high. Matter of fact, that, that one of them, the score that you saw, uh, that's one of those guys. Um, and so, I, I mean, you don't want to coach more than, you know, one or two. My thrill is that now the guy that's staying with me, not the, not the staff member, but the engineer that he and his wife are having another baby, I mean, he's on Wednesday night, he's got three guys that he's, he's walking through the next step. Because I'm looking for multiplication. I don't want everybody coming back to me. I, I really want to multiply that out. Um, I've not been as successful with ladies uh, because guys coach guys and ladies coach ladies. I have had some success with couples. So the guy I'm talking about, he and his wife on Sunday afternoon, they've got three couples besides his men's group on Wednesday night that they're walking through a specific track. So uh, because, you know, his wife's there with him, and, and so he, he talked to the guys and she talked to the ladies. Uh, but again, what I love is because the church has already seen these tools really do challenge you, what is God calling you to do with your life? And it doesn't matter what that is. It just matters that we hear and that we obey and we follow. Does that help? Okay. All right. Do, do critiques are negative? Those of y'all that are sitting here saying this, I, I, I think is a waste of time. Say that out loud, and then let's, it just helps. I, I think negative input really helps us to pick things apart uh, because I don't believe God puts anybody in a room like this for no reason. I think there's something that, that we're supposed to do, and so any, any clarification needed or just negative comment? You know, yes, ma'am. How was your church in there? What status would you have said the church was in? When you started doing I, I mean, I would just say in major decline, the, the problem is the building will seat about 600 people. Uh, there were maybe 75 uh, the first Sunday I was there, which I mean, still that's a good number. But the problem is the cost of keeping things. And so they literally were at the point that if they would have gone where they were going, um, the bank account was down and, and they were going to have to make some really tough decisions. Uh, so it, I, I think that's probably the only reason they called me is because they didn't have to pay me. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just joking. Uh, but, but if it would have been a need for a full salaried pastor, <laughs> y'all know why now, uh, then they, they, they would have probably had a real difficult time uh, during that process. So it was more of a decline. Um, uh, much, much older congregation. Uh, there, there were absolutely no children. Uh, it, I mean, that's not true. The, the secretary's grandchildren, they came. But there were only two school-aged children when I first got there. And, um, you know, God, God's brought a different group in. And, um, and to be very frank, that's been hard. I don't know what happened to y'all when COVID hit, uh, but we lost a ton of people. We're back to maybe 60%. But the weird thing is those that went away and didn't come back, most of those were seniors um, or people that had really small children. They were afraid that the kids would get COVID. And now we're getting a whole different wave of new people that are coming in, so much so that when the others, when they do come back, they're not going to know which church they're going to. Uh, you know what I mean? We are seeing growth, uh, but we were in a very much a declining church. And um, I think that was the reason it was difficult because they really were more afraid of how we're going to keep the, the bills paid, not can we go help start a new ministry. Yes, sir. Yeah, you were talking about you're seeing growth in the church. I was just wondering, can you attribute that to this process 
the utilization of the tools that are equipping these people to become, you know, disciples, disciple makers. Yeah. And would you say that as a result of what's going on in their lives, that that the church is benefiting through disciples that they're making out there yeah. coming back to the church? And that would be the benefit. That's where those people that are coming from, uh -huh. they're coming from those who have been equipped. Uh, okay. Right. And brother, I, you know, I've been there three years, two of which COVID took. Uh, right, so I mean, I what I don't want to do is paint their own picture. That uh, hey, by the way, we got three thousand people coming down. It was all because they did this NAM too. You know, that's not that's not at all what I'm saying. I love the fact that I have an accessible tool, totally free, and yet I can adapt it however I need to as a pastor. And I know that it's solid. I mean, the content, you know, doctrinally, there's so many things out there right now that just go sideways quickly. So I know the doctrine lines up with what we believe as Southern Baptists. Um, it's very helpful. I mean, all of that is, is, is very helpful to me. So, okay, thank yeah. you. You're welcome. So, yes, sir. You probably are going to get there and tell us. But this particular tool is different than the first the resource library, or is this one of the resources in the library? It is one of the resources, right. And so what I don't want to do is I, I don't want to get, for instance, with the multiplication pipeline, it is a process. So there's a whole platform we will give you provision to go do a survey with your people and then there would actually be training very strategic it's a coaching process but there are other gospel neighboring you're going to give to some of your small groups and it's just going to be a single shot all the group goes through it and it just really helps them understand what it means to take the gospel to their neighbors totally different atmosphere all of that's in the training portal and they're just all kind of, we're adding to it trying to do so every month it's really more like every couple of months but we're trying to continue to add content as we listen to churches saying hey we really wish you had this or wish you had this um, and I'll give you a for instance with that we had a church in uh, Clearwater Florida that uh, th they were mobilizing their people and so they they just had a real influx of, of individuals that felt like God was calling them to international missions so we were able to connect with IMB and now we pulled some of IMB's courses into the, the training portal so that if a pastor gets someone that says, I, I think God might be calling me to go be a part of international missions, then instead of the pastor saying, well, good luck, call IMB, then he's actually able to assign them some of those IMB courses as they're praying through that. Because again, we're just trying to, you know, what, where is God calling them? And let's try to equip them towards that. That's a, that's a great question. Yes, sir. Before you started all, all the tools and everything, how did you identify? How did I personally? Identify people to be leaders or yeah. any of those things? So I'm, 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 I'm going to turn my hat around for a minute. So I'm not a NAM employee at this time. I'm just a pastor. Um, so in 19, what would that have been, 91, when God called me to ministry, I, I was just a construction worker. So y'all know you go on a construction site, uh, you don't get paid unless you build something. There's no way, you know, well, you're sweet. You know, we're going to pay you. I know you didn't build anything, but we're just going to pay you anyway. Now, it doesn't happen in construction. You don't get any money unless you build something. When God called me to ministry, uh, I wasn't born and raised Southern Baptist. We were anti-everything. And so I didn't know how churches worked. I had no clue. Uh, I was dumb enough to believe that everybody just wanted to follow Jesus, and I was so excited. I will never forget the first pastor's conference that I went to on a Monday morning. And all I heard was how they hated their ministries, uh, their deacons drove them up. I mean, all the negative stuff. And I was, I was so heartbroken when I went back home. And I'm getting to a point. I, I wanted somebody to help me. I didn't have a clue. I was six months into Fruitland, and I had no clue what I was doing. Mm. I wanted one of those pastors to train me in how to equip the saint to do the work of the ministry. That's all I wanted. Uh, and although I did go back because I was supposed to, uh, I, I, I learned nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, I'm not going to tell you the name of the guy because a bunch of people don't like him. But I'll never forget ordering a set of cassette tapes. Uh, I paid $150, which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but I made $100 a week with a wife and an 18-month-old, and I thought we were going to starve to death. I'll never forget buying, honey, we need to buy this set of cassette tapes. And the guy walked me through, how do you take a new believer to actually help them understand their next step in mission of living? So that's how I started. Uh, 30 however many years ago that's been uh, what I love about these tools I, I man it would have been amazing if I would have had them but let's be honest we didn't even have computers or I didn't maybe somebody did but I didn't have one 
Uh, so we just use paper. It was all, but the the technology it does help us to be able to pull in some of the the things that are going on. You know, I mean, everybody listened to videos, everybody listened to podcasts. I mean, it helped you bring that type of technology to the training arena, and so. Uh, you know that I identified through personal relationship, and y'all, that that's why I'm trying to push the coaching piece, is because we've got to get in the lives of people. We can't just have events and invite people to come to them. That's why with Mike and I being here, you know, I'm glad y'all came, but if you don't fill out anything, if you don't go in and create your account, you know, I mean, yeah, I shared some information. I've, how many of y'all ever been to conferences? You took the thing home and it sat on your shelf. You never did a thing in the world with it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how many of those I bought. You know, just and I didn't know what to do with it, and that's why we call you. It's not to it's not to nose into your business, but we really want to help disciple churches towards raising up missional leaders. That's 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 the calling that God's put on our life. So See, we're just lay people in a in a church plant right now. And yeah, you know, I work in two churches as an admin, so trying to figure out how do I present this to the pastors to use it. Yeah, is what the the big thing for us. Yeah. Pastor. Pastor or pastors no for me. Pastor. More yeah. Than, um, to, to present this info, information to for them to be able to make a decision. Yeah. In a way that so thank you for the personal on uh, hey, I wish I had this thirty years ago. Yeah. But there was no way to have this thirty years ago. Right. So right. now that we have developed it, let's go ahead and start using it to mobilize people. Right. And that's basically because that's what we need to do in the church plant. It, the mentality right now is is trying to keep them in, but in essence, we need to move them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, to answer your question, Mike and I, our contact information on the bottom of one of those sheets. Uh, we would love to talk with you guys and the pastors or or whatever, because uh, that's what we do all day every day. Yes, sir. What did you have to stop doing to start doing this? Now, that's a great question. And I'm, I'm going to be, I hope this sounds nice, uh, but COVID killed a lot of things that really needed to be killed. I don't know what would have happened, to be very frank. Uh, when I came in as pastor, God just did some great things and we, we started getting people and money. And, and I'm telling you, if it would have continued, um, I think the machine would have just started back running. Mm. But COVID hit and we had to shut down. And when we did, it, shut everything down so I'm not trying to be mean spirit I'm just saying God really did help and some of y'all are sitting there saying he should have been man enough to just shut that stuff down and you're probably right so boo on me it's okay uh, <laughs> but the fact is that you, you are spot on and y'all I'm going to tell you the biggest thing that you got to stop we got to stop the culture it's just gathering and we got to say how we're going to take the gospel and uh, it's one person at a time it is going to be one person I deal with it every day so, you know, I'm telling you, I preach every Sunday. Uh, I deal with our people all throughout the week. So I've got a text I could let you read from one of our ladies. Our, our worship guy stepped away. Uh, Pastor, I'd love to talk to you about what kind of music we're going to have coming up next. <laughs> you know, I deal. I know, what you, I know what you're talking about. Her mind is on, am I going to feel comfortable when I come in the building? Her mind's not yet on, how can I take Jesus to my neighbor? So I just have to love her and try to keep leading her. But, but how are we going to equip the ones that are ready to be equipped and want to be equipped? No. Mm -hmm. Good. So, yes, so sir. This, this is exactly where we are at the church. And I just, this past Sunday, spoke of getting out of the boat, getting into the deep. Yeah. Being missional. Yes, sir. Getting into the community. And I may have missed this answer in what, what was that. How do we identify those that are ready for this coaching process? begin being coaches and begin to be missional and yeah. get them out. How do we identify those first? That, that's perfect. Number one, the best way would be relationally, uh, which, you know, it really all depends on how close you or other leaders may be to members. Uh, but, I mean, like the guy that I talked about that now he's got a group of men on Wednesday night. He and his wife got a group on Sunday afternoons. Um, they're fairly new to the church. And really through the tool of surveying him, then I was able to very quickly identify that he really is, they are way down the road in their mission of living. And I was able to say to them, will you pray about being a coach? Let me show you what that looks like. So my wife and I met with them and we coached them. Uh, what I would warn you, 
This is not something that you stand in the pulpit and say, by the way, uh, there's going to be a third of you coaches. The other ones are going to be coached by somebody else. Let's do it. Next Sunday, we're starting a brand new mobilization movement. Uh, it's it's got to be relational uh, because it's, it is, a, it is a, a culture change within the church. It's a culture change for us. I mean, pastors, those of y'all that have been pastoring as long as I have, I mean, I went through the church growth movement, and I thank God that he helped me to understand Equip the Saints. But man, we were just, it was more, get more people, get more people, get more people. And, and uh, anyway, enough said. Yes, sir. Could you talk a little bit about how to handle and walk through on a personal level the investment that you're making on one-on-one, one-on-two, knowing most likely they will be called to serve elsewhere? Like one guy I've been working with for a long time, he's interned at another church and another guy I've been working with for um, a couple years now he's headed out this year to Africa with IMB just talk about that process you've already mentioned from that first batch you've got a couple of them you know one of them's already headed out that that is a great absolutely but then they're gone yeah you know so can you talk about that absolutely so celebration Uh, I don't know what y'all do but a lot of churches that I connect with when somebody leaves it's taboo you know, it's like, I mean, I was literally asked Sunday after announcing the celebration of our worship leader moving to what God's called him to. I was literally asked, hey, what's going on? Is there some kind of undercurrent in the church? That's such a natural response. We live in a broken world because we don't celebrate that God sends people. Uh, we had a phenomenal couple that God sent to a dying church. I didn't want them to leave. I mean, they were, she was my, I just messed my mic up there. She was my, uh, anyway, I'll leave that alone, but I mean, she was a, 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 not just a leader, but such an encouragement in the congregation. But we had to celebrate the fact that God called them to go help this, this church. I mean, the, they didn't go on staff. Uh, they're just lay leaders. But they really felt the burden of that little church in our community, and they weren't mad. So what I did is I brought them in front of the congregation. Will you please share your burden for why God called you that current. Because I'm going to tell you, if they would have just not shown up the next day, hey, I heard they're going over to so-and-so, uh, then it becomes a negative thing. So we just have to celebrate. And y'all, sending is painful. I mean, you're talking about sending them out and they're never coming back. Um, man, I've lived that, and it's heartbreaking sometimes. Uh, but, you know, I just commissioned our little boy. He's 28, but anyway. Uh, so he, he uh, my dream was he was going to be our worship leader at some point. And so he's, he's gone. He's gone to help a church plant in Hickory, North Carolina. And it just killed me. I, I wanted to be in God's will so bad. But it made me mad. It's like, no, Lord, let me keep him. Uh, I mean, seriously, it's my son. So uh, does that help? Or am I, uh, yeah, so celebrate. Uh, any other practical points? There? Well, I mean, here's the other thing. Do we even pray towards that? I mean, y'all, I don't know what y'all do. But like our, we're, we did not start back our Sunday night. But we started back our Wednesday night. So we got Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And Wednesday night's our work night. So what we do is that we strategically pray for the mobilization of the gospel. So we do that locally. So we've got, you know, different ministries that we meet at the church, do a meal, and and we go out. But in in that process, we are strategically praying for those like the couple I talked about that went to that other church. So we're praying for churches that we know of. We're praying for needs in our community. We're praying for church planners. We're praying for international missionaries. We're trying to keep the fact that there's a whole globe. We're called Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. We're called to reach the whole world. And so keeping that in front of the people, what you pray towards, the Spirit of God can start moving your heart towards. But, you know, we can't just get up and give an Annie Armstrong and a Lottie Moon, you know, announcement and think everybody wants to go live on mission. I mean, that's not, that's not enough. We've got to equip them. So. Yes, sir. I would not just celebrate, but also commission. Make it a big deal Absolutely. in the service. Yes, sir. Know, have people come pray over them and commission them, have a responsive reading. And uh, I think it was Robbie Gallantry's book I read about passing the baton. There's yes, something sir. powerful about yes, sir. how you know Jesus passed the baton. If you yes, get sir. that book, that last chapter, and just have a baton, you pass it that couple. My. We started doing that when people get baptized. You know, you are now an everyday missionary. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, the baton has been passed to you from the Lord Jesus. Go run your race. Yes, sir. And the, the other thing, and I, I know I'll probably get in trouble. I'm not saying this is a, a, a NAM guy just in case you go sideways on me. Uh, I don't know how y'all do ordinations, 
Uh, man, I was taught early on, you wear a black suit and you gotta be a guy and you better not have ever had another wife. You better be ordained and then you can lay hands on a guy. I believe the church ordains people. So anyway, you do whatever you wanna do with this, you can call me a heretic if you want to. But it is absolutely amazing to, to let the church lay hands on somebody and affirm their calling. Man, we make a big deal out of God doing something in somebody else's life. So if you're, if you're you know, I'm, I'm sorry if I just lost you and you're mad at me now. No, nobody said that except me, that's not Nam. Mike doesn't agree with that, it's just me, all right? But I, it's sad to me that we do formal services and we don't celebrate the presence of God, that he is, he is raising up his people and sending them out. So, you know, try not to just make this a program. It should be our lifestyle of sending. These are just tools. There is no magic wand. It's not that if you create this church account, your church is going to grow. Uh, or, you know, you're going to have 18 church plants or you're going to, you know, whatever. Uh, it just may help you equip the saint to do the work of the ministry. If we can help you do that, we would absolutely love to. I know we're getting down to five minutes and there is coffee out there, by the way. You can go out in the hallway and say, look, we just had to put up that rating guy. We really need coffee. <laughs> They'll give you two cups. Uh, anything at all? Is there a way to adapt some of it to those that are technologically disinclined? Yeah, but it's not, it, it's really tough. Our stuff, uh, I mean, it incorporates, uh, you know, video and podcasts. The, the, I mean, there are pages you could download and try to adapt, but it would probably work you to death because uh, it's made for an online management system. So like Starting Point, it really is created to, to print it off and you can do, if you want to do things like that. But the vast majority, uh, it, it, it would be almost impossible. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is, it's hard. The thing that I did not cover, because I'm trying to stay out of the weeds, um, is that you can create your own content. As long as you pull a course from us, it's totally free. So we've got the contract with them, and we basically pay for our content creation, and then you can have it and do anything you want to do with it, and it's free. On the other hand, my membership course, uh, our core discipleship, uh, even things like our children's ministry, if you want to be a part of our children's ministry, We've created a course that's got everything in there. We assign that. I love the program. It has helped me administratively, but I have to have a paid account. And you don't do that through NAM. That's just through the company. But for, uh, we're, we're small, our budget's small. So for $395 a year, and man, I'd pay that all day long because I don't have to create you know these PDFs and keep up. It is amazing. Uh, and so they, they give you a discount as a church but it's all in there. We, you know, it, it's in the process. We onboard you. We'll talk to you about that. Uh, but don't don't hear that I just said you got to pay money. You don't have to pay anything to use our stuff. And, uh, anything at all? Anything before we leave? Yes. So my email address is on the bottom of the second sheet. Do you have any more of these sheets? I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear. Yeah, I I, I wear hearing aids. So if I ever answer the wrong question, just tell me different. And that is not what I ask. The one that has your address Yes, absolutely. But I do have to charge you for that second sheet. It's a nickel enough. We should have known. How many do you need? Four. Okay, here. The gentleman behind you wants some too. If you don't mind, just pass it to Hey, does anybody need any more of the cards? The, the little hard surface cards, that, that card's where you can actually register. The, the pipeline side uh, will get you into the library. It'll, it'll get you the, the invite into the library. Or just call us and we'll help you get into the library if you'd rather do it that way. The residency side. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anybody else need just the cards to give to someone? Yeah, thank you. I'll give you a couple. Yes, hey, y'all, here's the other thing that I love. Uh, since I know we've got some AMSs. I've got 30 seconds, so I can say this in a hurry. Uh, we're, we're partnering with associations and state conventions all over the place, and I love it. Sometimes you got an associational missionary, and they're willing to help churches that may be uh, a, a little bit afraid of the technology, and they're afraid to get started. And, man, we've got some amazing opportunities. Like I've got, I got a guy in Tennessee that he's got 50-some-odd people 
out of six churches in his association. And so he, he so those churches had uh, uh, coaches, but he's coordinating all of it at the associational office. It is wonderful. So uh, they're at all different stages, but they're seeing that as doing mission together. And uh, so just kind of just pray about this. If we can help you in any way, that's what we're here for. We'd love to help you take that next step. Everybody good? I'm going to pray one more time and then we're going to be dismissed. And uh, with I'm only 20 seconds late. Uh, Father, again, we ask uh, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth, in this room, even as it is in heaven. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank y'all. Thank you. You have uh, Dr. Paul Sarles. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's my father-in-law. Yeah. You have got to be I'm kidding. Pastor in Shelby. I married his youngest girl, Lisa. And, uh, wow. So here in Lincoln, I like to get up with you. Please do, yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. It's good. My contact information's there. Yeah, I'll be in